Welcome to the Army Podcast. I'm Joel Applebaum, Chief Content Officer at Army. In this 10-minute podcast titled The ABCs of Scopes 123, Cherie Haynes of AXAXL examines the phases of greenhouse gas emissions over the life of a product and how they impact sustainability in construction. This podcast is based on a snap talk at the 2023 Ermi Construction Risk Conference. We hope you enjoy it. So, we've been thinking about sustainability in construction for decades. Why all of a sudden does it have so much traction and why is it so important to construction companies right now? And when we talk to our insureds, we hear the same three responses over and over. Number one, there's federal governmental regulatory rules that are coming into play. This is requirements of the FAR, the IIJA, the IRA, et cetera. There are also state and local programs like the C40 Cities Initiative, the New York Cities Building Initiatives. These have requirements of their own. And then finally, there are the upcoming SEC climate change reporting rules, which have a lot of attention on them. The second bucket that we come to is talent. And they might, that might not really seem immediately related to sustainability, but I'm here to tell you it really, really is. In 2025, which is practically next year now, 75% of the workforce will be millennials and Gen Z. There have never been generations for whom it is more important that they feel they are doing good in the world through their work and working for companies that are doing good in the world. We would ignore that at our peril. We need to do a great job of doing good while we're doing well, right? And we need to do a great job of letting these folks know that that's the kind of companies that we are. And the third driver is competitive necessity. And this, again, falls into two buckets. First, our financial incentives. Yes, an owner is probably going to spend a good bit more to build a truly sustainable building. But those properties have better ROI. They command higher rents. They have happier tenants, better indoor air quality. They're more resilient to the effects of climate change, therefore less likely to become a stranded asset. It's just a better investment. And second piece of that is everyone who's building buildings, all the owners, all the developers, have made their own sustainability and ESG promises. And the buildings they build and the contractors they hire reflect on them and their ability to deliver on those promises. I'll say this now, you'll understand it better maybe in a minute, unless you're already an expert, in which case, come on up. Um, everyone is someone else's scope three, and contractors are the owners and developers scope three. So it's very important. It's a differentiator for construction companies who get this right. It's an opportunity that can't be ignored. So what are scopes one, two, and three? To talk about scopes one, two, and three, we need to back up just a little bit and understand something called the Greenhouse Gas Protocol. You see this written as GHG. This is a method for bucketing the emissions of any given company in a way that kind of lets us compare apples to apples and put some context around footprints. It was developed starting in the 90s, really kind of came into its own in 2001 or so. And scopes one, two, and three are a major part of the greenhouse gas protocol. It's not the whole thing, but it's what we're here today to talk about. So what's scope one? Scope one is emissions that are created by things the company burns inside their own operations, right? This is 
on-site consumption that produces some gases. Scope two, these are power plant emissions. So someone burns something for you, they send you the electricity, you use it. Those are your scope two emissions because you're getting the benefit of it. Scope three, this is where it gets really complex. This is everything else. This is upstream supply chain, this is downstream consumer waste, and end-of-life disposal of materials. If we were to talk about scopes one, two, and three like we were at your house, a log that you put in the fireplace and burn, or when you go and turn on your propane stove, you're burning it on site, that's scope one. The electricity that a power company sends to you They've burned the natural gas somewhere else. They send you the electricity, you get the benefit of it. That's your scope two. Scope three, which as I said, is where it gets pretty complex. Let's imagine you've ordered a tea kettle from Amazon. Everything from the extraction of the raw materials to make that tea kettle, to the manufacture of that, to putting it in packaging to get it to you, to actually bringing it to your porch, that's your upstream, scope three. And the downstream scope three is, okay, now over the course of the life of that tea kettle, how much energy do you use to use that tea kettle? And at the end of its life, how do you get rid of it? That's a lot, right? Scope three is, is complex. So what might that look like on a construction site? Scope one would be, obviously, things that you're burning on site, like you've got your job site heaters, you've got company-owned equipment and fleet that are burning fuel on site, that is scope one. Scope two are the power bill or power bills that any one job site is getting in. And scope three, this is your subs. How are they getting to site? How are your people getting to site? These things are burned off site, right? On site, how are the subs powering their generators? How are they powering their own equipment? That's your scope three. How are the materials getting to your site? Are they getting there efficiently? Are they getting there inefficiently? All of this is scope three. There is a lot to scope three. All right, so what are the challenges related to this? How do we start to even think about getting there? The first thing you gotta think about is what are you gonna measure? Where are you gonna start? Most folks start with trying to get their hands around their scopes one and two, because those are simpler. And it lets us get to a walk before we run kind of situation, like you start to understand the mechanics of reporting, how to capture the information, and that lets you then eventually get to reporting scope three, which is a pretty audacious goal, if I do say so myself. Second, how are you gonna measure it? And there's good news and bad news. Good news is construction companies are really good at cost reporting. We're really good at segregating things into buckets, right? That's a big part of this reporting. Bad news is someone's gonna do it. And this information comes to us through a variety of disparate sources in many different formats. I think eventually tech, AI specifically, may help us get there with that, but obviously it is not there just yet. And then how do we get to meaningful reporting once we get all of this kind of accumulated into a single source of truth? Now what do we, how do we make sense of it? I don't know, has anybody tried to read an ESG report? They're like 50, 60, 70 pages of very dry information, hard to make sense out of. So we've got to take that, condense it down into something like an executive summary, like a dashboard that someone can look at and say, oh look, here's a trend. Here's an outlier. Here's what we did last year and what the effect of it has been. Getting that information together into something that's 
meaningful at a quicker glance is very important. It helps us contextualize all of this, right? So deciding not only what should be in that report, but who should see it. And then finally, once you've got all this information, what are you gonna do with it? This is where the rubber meets the road. So now you've, you've got your information, it's in a dashboard, you can see what you're doing. Next step, what makes sense for your organization? And I can't tell you the answer to that because every organization is gonna have different action items that come out of that. I can tell you that there are probably texts that you're using right now that help you with this story. For example, you got a telematics tech. How can that possibly help with your greenhouse gas emissions? Well, it can inform EV decisions. If you want to transition part of your fleet, you can figure out where that makes sense. You can use that same telematic solution to make your site logistics better. That's more efficient for greenhouse gas emissions. You can also use it to make the logistics of getting materials to your site better. All three of those things help with greenhouse gas emissions. So look at what you're already doing and take credit for the things that are already on the shelf in your organization. And then finally, one final thought for you. Include diverse voices in this conversation. What do I mean by that? There may be a solution that comes from IT. There may be a solution that comes from marketing. There are definitely gonna be solutions that come from the field. But if you don't have those people in the room when you're having these conversations, likely to miss them or miss the most effective way to take advantage of them. So I hope what you've gotten from this little conversation today has been a little bit of information about what scopes one, two, and three are, because it's pretty esoteric stuff, right? An idea of a roadmap, but mostly the fact that if you want to differentiate yourself and create opportunity for yourself, this is the moment to start getting this foundation under your feet. Before we sign off, remember to hit subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to stay updated with the latest trends and solutions in construction insurance. We're here to empower you with information you need when you need it. And if you found value in today's episode, consider sharing it with your network. Your recommendation can make an impact on someone's project or career, and it helps us grow and bring you even more expert content. Until next time, build smart, build safe, and see you at the next Construction Risk Conference by Ermi, October 27th through the 30th of 2024. Thanks for listening.